0: Uh, if you if you go to visit Lula, uh, take a pit bull with you, and a taser, and a policeman. All right, now, uh, one of the things, now for some of y'all, that makes y'all never, no, oh, policeman. Uh, one of the things we, we like around here, man, uh, life, the way life happens, sometimes you just, you got to have, Need extra money and stuff, and some folks work jobs and two jobs. But when you've got kids, it makes that a challenge. But uh, sometimes you do what you can do, and when you can, and you bake stuff, sell stuff. We've had folks sell burritos, we've had folks sell uh, (coughs) alien masks. We found we've got people (laughs) to sell it. Danielle is a. Excellent, and this—no lie—she's really good at baking. And so she's got some things that she needs to sell. Wants to sell for. uh, She's taking care of her responsibilities. We love that. But she's got apple cobbler. She's got blueberry cobbler. Only blueberry. blueberry, left, what else? Uh, uh, Lemon squares, pumpkin bread, banana pecan bread, and banana. Did you hear that? Now it's over here. Now, Rudy, don't, no, 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 no. Don't, Rudy, you and Ernest don't be standing there because, all right, all right. But if you want some banana bread, some banana nut bread, some pumpkin bread. All right, anyway. Guys, this is not an auction. This is church, all right? Who'll give me 10? Who'll give me 11? Who'll give me 12? All right. If you're visiting here, I apologize for these people. Anyway, this is the lady who you pay, okay? You just messed it all up. You should have done this at the end. Because well, are just going to be thinking about food. Yep, right. Like it was not that way already? <laughs> all right. All right, anyway, thank you. You can sit down. now. I just wanted you all to see Danielle and let's remember that, Okay. Richard, the reason you come to this meeting is to take charge, right? You're not doing a very good job right now. You got your Bibles? Find Colossians. Now, Colossians is not going to be easy to find. If you're just getting started, we understand. Take your time. If you need a Bible, hold up your hand and we'll get you one. Ryan just volunteered to pass one to you if you need a Bible. And look in Colossians. All right, look in Colossians chapter 2. I laid my Bible down. I couldn't remember where I put it. <laughs> All right, you got it? I want you to look at Colossians chapter 2. I want you to look at verse 9. Verse 9. The first, the very first thing he's going to say about Jesus in this section Colossians 2 verse 9 what does it tell me about Jesus I'm sorry who lives in bodily form yeah the fullness of God the fullness of deity in other words when you look at Jesus you see God have we learned that before can somebody tell me where we learned that before? And you've got to stay in Colossians. Colossians 1 says he is the image of the invisible God. Now we're not going to rehearse it. We're not going to repeat it. We're just going to say, you want to know something about God? watch Jesus? You want to know something about God? watch Jesus? If you want to know something about God's will, listen to Jesus, right? Now, I, what I want you to do, that answers the who. Jesus is all man. Jesus is all God. And he does something for us. Now, from verse 10 all the way to 15, all the way to 15, it's going to tell us some things that Jesus does for us. The purpose of our study, I think it's simpler to understand it if we kind of turn this thing upside down. So I want you to go look at verses 13, 14, and 15. I want you to look at 13, 14, and 15, and we're going to list them first and then go back and study them, discuss them, all right? This Jesus who is all man, this Jesus who is all God, Son of man, Son of God, This Jesus, who's the image of the invisible God, the creator, all those things that we've already discussed, this Jesus does what for us? Read verses 13, 14, and 15. He makes us alive. Now, and I'm glad of that because we were dead. dead. Now, I want you to focus on the next three things. Jesus made us alive. Alive How I want you to find the three things Find the three things That show us what he did To make us alive Number one He forgave us He forgives us But you're leaving out something All sins There we go I don't want you to forget that word Now the next one look at verse 14 he cancels he cancels our debt how canceled nailed it to the cross that's pretty canceled and then the last one disarmed Principalities, the powers, all those things, that's our enemies. All right? All right, you got it written down? Underline those phrases. Because if you know nothing else, if you know nothing else when we finish this morning, I want us to know this. I want us to know this. everybody got it? Here we go it says that we were dead, why were we dead? I'm sorry? Because of our sins our transgressions depending on what your Bible says we were dead in those things that's exactly what happened to Adam and Eve when they sinned, they were driven from the presence of God they're dead they're dead toward God, you and I did the same thing we, we committed sin, we were driven from the presence of God, and we were dead. All right? And what does he do? He made us alive. How? By forgiving all of our sins. Now hang on. We're taking it a step at a time. What do you think that word forgive means? What does forgive mean? Give me your words for Forgive. It's such a Bible word that we use it and we use it in so many different ways. I want to know what you think it really means. What does it mean to forgive somebody? To forgive. Erases, it. Erases it, forgives, not, it not holds it against them. He forgives us means he doesn't hold our sins against us. Now the cool thing, the good thing, wonderful thing about it, is when he forgives, he also forgets. So put in the margin of your Bible, put in the margin of your Bible, we're not going to read it, this is homework. In the margin of your Bible, I want you to put Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. Now, it's, I'm not going to tell you the verse. I'm not going to tell you the verse. I'm not going to tell you the verse. I'm not going to tell you the verse, but I want you to read the whole chapter of Hebrews 8 and find what happens when Jesus forgives us. And somebody already said it, when he forgives us, he forgets. So does Jesus remember what you did? Hang on. Does Jesus remember what you did? No. The truth is, no, he doesn't. How do we feel about it? We remember it and we still believe he remembers it. He doesn't, he forgives us of all of our sins and he forgets them. Now I want to make one point about this and then we'll move to the next one. Because we talk a lot about forgiveness. But folks, he forgives all of our sins. There are people, there are people in this room who grew up going to church. They grew up going to church and and never did anything wrong anytime, anywhere, anyhow. All right. Now, you know better than that, but that's how they act. And that's when you're around them, you get that impression that they never did anything wrong. And you hear them say things like, Oh, well, good. None of them are here, so we can talk about them, right? Anybody ever said it? You don't have to hold up your hand, but I've heard it said, and I have said it. Well, I've never done that as if that means that they're worse than I am because I never did that. The truth is the only reason I didn't do that, I maybe, maybe I did it and I just didn't get caught or I nobody thought about it never had a chance. So there's all kinds of reasons there, right? I'm probably too busy doing something else, right? We say things like, oh, I've never done that. And how does that ma- supposed to make us feel? Somehow we're superior. I'm not a sinner like you are because I've never done that. Now on the flip side of it though, those of us who have done some of that, what do we tend to do with our sins? What do we tend to say about our sins? I, yeah, that's right. We're going to get there. But those who have gone to church, when you finally have to admit that you sinned, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Or, there's, it, I could have done worse. Or what they're doing over there is worse. Or, the way I used to do was to only bring up stuff that is already behind Oh, yeah. Because I've got all this stuff, and I say, yeah, but I've stopped that. We didn't discuss what I was still doing, right? I was uh, watching a a kid's video uh, with my granddaughter. She's about to be two years old, uh, and I was doing some grandpa sitting the other day, and we were watching videos, and I promise you, those of you who are mothers that have little children at home, I love you. I I I appreciate you so much, and I know now why sometimes you come in here going. (laughs) I watched that same video three times because as soon as it ended, she'd go again, again, again. I finally had to spank her and put her to bed. I didn't. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um. But it was one of these videos that a church had done and it was it was trying to teach children about telling the truth and it had a it was brain damaging is what it was. But I was watching it with her and then the the person who is the supposed to be the star is a pretty famous preacher. And this little animated figure is talking to this preacher and says to him, Have you ever lied? And the preacher's answer was so typical of what we do in church. Well, yes, there are times when I haven't told all the truth. So what does that mean? Yeah, why didn't you just say, yeah, I've lied? Have you ever lied? Yeah. And you just keep going down the list folks and yet could I word it a certain way where it sounds better maybe? I don't have to with Jesus because what did he do with all of them? He forgives all sin. Now that's those of us who grew up going to church struggling with that. But those of us who didn't grow up going to church who've got a list of things. In fact the state still has a list of things to remember against us. Are those sins forgiven? Yes, they can be forgiven, and God God not only forgives, He forgets them. Jesus did that for me. All right, now look at the next thing He did. What does it say He did? He canceled. Look what it says. He canceled. No, read the phrase. Read the phrase. Don't read it off the board. Read it in the Bible. He canceled the written code. What was the written code? Let's sum it up. Sum it up. What's the written code? If you sin, you die. If you sin, there's a consequence and that consequence is death. Now in the margin of your Bible, right there beside it, you need to write Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 where Jesus sums it all up by saying the wages of sin is death. Now, the truth is, when we sinned, the moment we sinned, what did it cause? It caused death. It caused death. If I ever sinned, what do I owe God? Death. I have a debt, and that debt is death. I owe God that. Now, can I pay that? Yeah, and you're going to pay it. You can think you don't have to pay it. You can think you can somehow escape it. You think somehow you can ignore it. You think somehow you can excuse it. You think somehow you can just, I'll hold my breath and hope it is pass away. No. If you owe God a debt, you will pay it unless you let Jesus forgive that sin and cancel that debt. What did he do with that law that condemned me? What did he do with that debt, that law that said I had to die? What did he do to it? Look right in the text. He nailed it to the cross. He nailed it there, took it out of the way. He made it where there is no such law in Jesus. There is no law that means when I sin, I die. I am forgiven and my debt has been canceled. Now, all he's doing is telling us. He's walking us back through what took place in the Garden of Eden. Garden of Eden, remember? Everybody remember the story? Adam and Eve live in this garden. It's wonderful. It's got everything they want at any time, anywhere, anyhow. Well, It's just wonderful. It's perfect. It's paradise. They're told, don't eat of that tree, because you eat of that tree, you'll die. So what happens? They eat eat of the tree. Does that sound like anybody you know? Yeah, don't be pointing fingers at anybody else. We know. It's what we all did. We all made that mistake. We all did that. And we were driven from the presence of God. Well, let's say God could let them come back in. Let's say God would forgive them for the sin. Let's say God would cancel that law that said they had to die. Let's say God had got rid of, rid of all that. What would he still have to have dealt with? The devil or any other authority that was around that was going to stand around and condemn them, Right? So what does he do with those powers? What does he do with those enemies? What does he do with those authorities? Whether they're in this world or in a spiritual world, whether they're physical people or spiritual beings, what does he do with them? He disarms them. And you've heard me say it. I've said it a jillion times. It is my favorite definition. It has nothing, no Greek word involved, no lexicon used. Ask a young lady what she thought it meant that they disarmed her, her enemies. And she said, I guess it means he pulled their arms off. (laughs) Pretty good definition. If your enemy has his arms pulled off how much do you have to be afraid of? You don't have to be afraid at all because he has no power to hurt you. What does Jesus do with just Satan? Let's just take Satan as the example. What does Jesus do with Satan? In Hebrews chapter two, you'll have to find the verse fourteen. If you find the verse, it says he brought him to nothing. If you look in First John chapter three, write these verses down so you can so you can read them later. This is homework. Jesus destroyed the power of the he destroy, destroyed the power of the devil. Jesus took on the devil and defeated him, destroyed him. God's promise is said that on the cross he would crush his head. Okay, Now who is this for? Who is this for? One more time. Who is this for? It's for me. This is what Jesus did for me. Jesus forgives all my sins. He cancels my debt and he defeats or disarms or destroys my enemies one more time forgives my sins cancels my debt disarms my enemies that's what Jesus does for me catch your breath just understand that you don't have to you do not have to you do not have to make excuses for your sins you don't have to lie about them and I love you but because I know you and we're good it's, you're good to talk to me about it and we do a pretty good job in here being honest about it there's some of us in here still being we're lying about stuff we're lying about our sins we're lying about those things you don't have to lie about them let Jesus forgive them You don't have to act like you don't have a debt. Let Jesus cancel the debt. You don't have to walk around afraid of the devil or afraid of the spirits or afraid of any authority in this world or the next because he disarms them. That's what he does for us. So what's the answer to every question? Jesus. What's the solution to every problem? Now... This is the who, this is the what Now I want you to look in verse 11 to find the when Look in verse 11, I told you we were going to go backwards Now before you read it, don't read, don't read Look at me, don't peek Don't peek Bernie's still reading Ashley Don't read. Look 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 right here. Right here. I just want to tell you this before you read cuz you already read, you cheaters. All right. There you go. There you go. Do you want sins forgiven? Somebody tell me why. Why do you want your sins forgiven? Hope. Why do you want your sins forgiven? Make it real. Make it personal. Tell me real. Why do you want sins forgiven? All right. I because I don't want to lose hope, and I want to be able to do better. So I want to see my sins is forgiven, so I have some hope for everlasting life. I heard. Why do you want your sins forgiven? Somebody tell me why you want them forgiven. I can't change it, y'all. I can't go back and undo it. I can apologize for it. I can do my best to make amends for it. But can I change it? No. I want it forgiven because I want at least someone to forget what I did. I couldn't, I can't forget it. Hopefully, Jesus will. Right? Aaron. Why do you want your debt canceled? Why do you want debt canceled, Ralph? You know, in the years that I wasn't a Christian, I was i was lonely, I was aching, there was an emptiness inside of me. And uh, I was a and didn't know it. But in Christ, I haven't obtained it, but I'm learning how to feel that. I'm letting Him do that, and it restores the peace that I can't get anywhere else. Why do you want your debt canceled? wouldn't be able to pay it, right? Why do you want your debt paid? The person that I used to be is not the person I wanted to be or that I that God intended to be. I want you to remember what Lisa just said. <coughs> the person I used to be was not the person I wanted to be. It's not the person I even intended to be. It sure wasn't the person God intended me to be. <laughs> And as long as you have that, let's talk practical. As long as you've got the debt hanging over your head, as long as the phone's ringing, as long as the phone is ringing from the debt collectors, as long as the landlord comes by and knocks on the door, as long as the credit card company calls, as long as those things are going on, what are you doing? Honest, what are you doing? Ignoring. You're worrying it and you're ignoring it. You're hiding from it. You don't answer some of you don't answer calls cuz you know what the call is. Some of you have debts that you know you can't pay, so what do you do? You ignore it, you avoid it, you act as if you live in a fantasy world as if it's, there is no debt there to pay. Right? Does it ever get paid? Does it ever get paid? No. No, it doesn't. You can, and there are people in this room who have done it. You can even file for bankruptcy, start, hit the reset button, and start all over again. And if you don't change your habits, what happens? You're back in debt again, and guess what? You start avoiding it. You same kind of pressures. Folks, if that's true in a physical thing, what about a spiritual thing? Same thing, right? What will Jesus do? He will forgive your sins. He will cancel your debt. You don't owe death anymore. It's wiped clean. It's somebody paying off the debt for you. And what's that feel like? Because some of you have had that experience. Some of you have had, you brought in a bill and had somebody pay that bill off. You brought, you, you had that debt canceled. How does that feel? Wonderful. Wonderful. How does it make you feel? What, give me another way to say it besides good. <inaudible> Relieved. Happy. <inaudible> Breathe. You feel free. That's what Jesus says. He forgives your sins and cancels your debt. And he disarms our enemies. There's some of you walk around afraid, you're afraid of people because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing and you don't want, oh, I don't want to get stopped. And so you live in fear, right? There's a way to fix that, by the way. There's a way to fix that. There's a right way to fix that, other than just being really clever when and where you drive. But some of you are worried not only about getting caught in this world. Some of you are worried about, well, what happens, you know, if I, I, you know, if I read this horoscope or if I, if I spill this salt or if I, this kind of happens. And I love you, but some of you folks got a whole big deal going on with eggs. I wish you'd worried about the eggs. All right. You fry eggs. You don't use them for curses. All right. Jesus is more powerful <laughs> Jesus more powerful than huevos rancheros, alright? <laughs> when does that happen? When does Jesus do that? When does Jesus do that? Look at verse 11. When does Jesus do that? When we are circumcised by Jesus. Now I want you to find the phrase in verse eleven. Stay in verse eleven. Find the phrase in verse eleven that equals circumcision, because I can't spell circumcision. <laughs> Cut off. When he cuts now we know about circumcision. Circumcision is a cutting off of a piece of skin. That took place in the Old Testament. That took place with, when baby boys were presented to God at eight days old. A piece of skin was cut off. But this circumcision is not circumcision with hands. This is a circumcision of Christ. This is the cutting off of what? Look what it says. Look what it says. It's the cutting off of the sinful nature. Now, there's all kinds of different readings here, but what I want you to notice, what I want you to notice is that it is a cutting off of something. Jesus cuts sin off of us, yes, but he does more than cut sin off of us. You'll read about it in Romans. You'll read about it in some other places where it'll say, we're not talking about the circumcision of the flesh. We're talking about the circumcision of the heart and I can't finish making that point until you read verse 12 tell me when does that happen when does he cut off the sin when does he cut off the sinful nature now look what he says when we are buried with him in baptism and what and raised with him now notice the phrase it says raised with him through Faith in the work, the power, the operation of God. Okay. What is the operation that God's performing in this verse? Circumcision. Which is the cutting off of sin. sin, The cutting off of that sinful nature, right? So when we're raised... It's our faith in the power, the work, the operation of God that allows him to forgive our sins, cancel our debt, disarm our enemies. We may need to talk more about this later, but I'm going to say it now. Sitting in this room are people who grew up. You went to a church where your family insisted that you have some kind of ceremony, some kind of religious event, some kind of religious sacrament of baptism. And your family made the decision for you. Okay? If your family made it for you, man, I'm grateful that you got a family that wants you dedicated to God. But your family is not Jesus. Your family can't cut off your sins. Your family cannot cut off your sinful nature. And whatever baptism you had, unless you understood, unless you had an intention that Jesus was going to cut off your sins, it's not his baptism. Family baptism is not the baptism of Jesus. Others of you went to church. And because of the teaching of your church, because of the practices of the church, the ceremonies of the church, you made up your mind to do what everybody else in church was doing. And so you followed the crowd and you had a baptism experience in that crowd. You had a baptism experience in that church and you listened to what the church told you. And and nobody's fussing at you. Listen, nobody's fussing at you. Nobody's upset with you. We all had that kind of, or most of us had that kind of experience. That we, our families either wanted us to be baptized or the church wanted us to be baptized. But I need you to look at this and I'm not the one that can do it. I'll help if you got questions. I'll visit with you in a minute. Let's talk about it. But folks, the baptism that Jesus is talking about here, the baptism that Jesus does where he cuts off our sins is just that. It's the moment sins are cut off. And it is my faith in that that gives him the power to take me out of sin, out of death, and into this new life. Okay? It says, he ra- we were raised through faith in the power, the working of God. Now... had somebody in the first meeting we were talking he had been saved he said he, he used these words received Jesus as his personal savior boy I love the fact that people want to give themselves to Jesus love the fact that's outstanding but just because I want to give myself to Jesus doesn't mean Jesus gives his life to me one more time I can give my life to Jesus, but that doesn't mean he gives his life to me. Then this fellow said, "Well, then later I was baptized so I could join the church." And that sounds right because that's what happens so many times. But that is a church baptism. That's not a Jesus baptism. Jesus says it, and I'm not I'm not the standard. I'm not the I'm not the one I'm not the one that makes this decision. But you've got to make this decision. The baptism you experienced, was it a family baptism? Was it a church baptism? Or was it a Jesus baptism? Did you decide that you wanted Jesus to cut off your sins and let him cut off your sinful nature? Talk to a guy Wednesday night. Talked to a guy on Wednesday night. He said, oh, I've already been baptized. In fact, he'd been baptized twice. He'd been baptized once by his family when he was a baby. And then he had another baptism after he had spent some time on a state-sponsored holiday. And he said, so I've already been baptized. And I asked him about that. And he said, oh, it didn't change anything. I just felt like I needed to do that. Huh. Will Jesus' baptism change anything? Yeah. Because if my faith is in Him, what will His power do? If my faith is... And listen to my phrase. If my faith is in Him, what will His power do? It'll cut off my sins and cut off my sinful nature. I will no longer be an enemy of God in my mind. I will change the way I look at my life. I'll change the way I look at sin. I'll change the way I look at Jesus. My own nature will be changed. I'll let you make that decision. But I'd sure like to talk to you about it if you got a question. What matters most is that we get from Jesus what he died to give us. That we get from Jesus what he died to give us. The forgiveness of our sins, the canceling of our debt, and the disarming of our enemies. If you want that, that's when you get it. If you want that, that's how you get it. So let's think about it. Let's 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 spend some time thinking about it. Let's spend some time examining your decisions, examining your faith, examining your practice, and decide if you're if you receive from Jesus what he promised you he'd give you all right let's eat the supper while we do that examine there's one housekeeping matter go to colossians 2:10 while i'm giving you this uh Housekeeping matter. Colossians 2, verse 10. I meant to show it to you before we stopped, but it, we'll use it to tie the knot. Um, because of what happened a few uh, weeks ago with uh, Barton Legatha's niece, uh, they have become very interested in it, and it's a, something that we it's a worthy cause. There's a, um, a thing called Walk for Freedom. It's The intention is to abolish modern-day slavery. The f- uh, theme of the thing is one step at a time. Um, it's a um, program to stop human trafficking. Uh, and so... It's got all the details. We'll post it back here on the board. But it's October the 15th, which is Saturday. All right? it's Saturday. It'll be on Broadway 2309 Broadway at 7 a.m., and that's how you register. And it, it, it'll it give you the details at the website and all that kind of stuff. But I've got it here. I'll post it back there on the board. Um, Shyla, have you got information on this too? Okay. And Shyla and Lacey have information they'll be able to help you with. All right? Verse 9 says that all the fullness of deity was in Jesus, right? So he's all man and all God. Look at verse 10 and tell me what he does for us. In Jesus, in Christ, what does he do for us? All right, now put it in your words so I know we understand it. What do we have in Jesus? Because our sins are forgiven, because the debt has been canceled, Because our enemies have been defeated. Now look at verse 10. Look at verse 10. You're right. we got a new life. But I want you, in verse 10, what do I have? I am complete. I am full. I am whole. I am perfect. I am mature. I am exactly what Jesus wanted me to be. One more time. Because of what he's done for us, because of what he's done for me, forgiven my sins, canceled my debt, disarmed my enemies, because he's done that for me, because he's done that for me, what am I? I am complete. I am I'm gonna make you say them again. I want you to because I want it to stick. I am whole. I am full. I am perfect. I am mature. I am complete. One more time. If Jesus has done this for you, if he has forgiven your sins, canceled your debt, and disarmed your enemies, if he's done that for you, if he by his power has cut off your sinful nature, you now in Christ are exactly what God wanted you to be. God would say it of you you are the one you're the only one you are the one you're the only one because you are complete there's nothing missing now you and I know we got all kinds of things we need to work on you know what I know we made all kinds of mistakes I want you to see yourselves how God sees you in Jesus Because of what He's done for us, we are complete. We are whole. We are mature. We are perfect. We are everything He wanted us to be. We are His one and only. All right, we tie the knot this way then. How's that sound to you? Not Sunday school answers. How does it sound to your heart? How does it sound to you knowing who you are, knowing where you've been, knowing what you've done? How does that sound to you that the God who was all man, all God, that God who did these things for you, rescued you, made you holy, presented you without blemish, he sees you now as perfect. How does that sound to you? All right now, and Kenny made a good thought, good, what she said is something we all struggle with. I can make you repeat it in here, but you're waiting and I love you, but I know you. you're waiting until you can feel it. <laughs> is it true whether you feel it or not? Yes. Yeah. So do you ever have to wait do you have to wait for the feeling? No, no, no. would that be cool? Oh, that'd be so cool. I don't know when that's going to ever happen. I'm old and it ain't happened to me. I don't need to feel it, y'all. I just know it, right? So don't wait for it to get down here. Be glad that it appear, right? What does it say to you? What does it say to you? What did you, what'd you hear? How does it make you feel? What does it make you think? Hopeful. What is it? Loved. Relieved. It is heartbreaking, but it is also heart-changing, because he did that for me. Give me a chance to live the life he wants me to live. What'd you hear? What'd you think? How did it make you feel? Purpose to complete my life because Jesus has already done that for me. That's how I need to live my life every single day. Well, I don't know if you heard. I just want to make because you've told me. Well, us talking up here, and you've told me in my office, and you've told me out here in the parking lot, and you've told me in text, and you've told me in phone calls. I cannot tell you how many of you have said, I just feel like something's missing, right? You feel like something's missing? It's not. In Jesus, nothing's missing. In Jesus, nothing's missing. You are exactly who God wants you to be. You're exactly who God wants you to be in Jesus. Good point. Last call, Tracy. Enemies, yep. Enemies are not as scary when they're disarmed. She said. <clears throat> Anybody else? A bunch of you, a bunch of us, have lived in situations where we have been treated as if we weren't worth it. We didn't deserve to be treated with respect, or so we, weren't, we weren't worth being treated with kindness. you just normal, polite, in some of your homes, you're still treating each other that way. You're being disrespectful to each other, you're being hateful to each other and you're saying things to each other that are damaging and you cuz you well they don't deserve that. <laughs> we need to we need to figure out what to do with that word. Cuz look what Jesus did for me. He thought I was worthy of it. And he looks at me and says, "You are exactly what I wanted." I used to love the way to hear my mother said, "Man, that is just right." That's what you are to God, you are just right. Stepped into that ladder, and I just looked at him and said, "Hey, greater is me. sin in me. It's He who's in me, than He who's in the world." That's right. Jesus has got my back. I'm not worried about it. All right, last call. Let's see. You are the one, you're the only one. That's the song, that's the praise, that's the statement God makes about all of us in Jesus. If you're not in Jesus, and if you have not let him cut off your sins, if you've not let him cut off that sinful nature, today would be a great day to do that, right? Hug somebody whether you like them or not, all right? whether I like them or not.